You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 352nd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hey, this is Matt. A little uncomfortable that Tim's this close to me in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer holding down things on the East Coast later at night than you guys. What is going on? Why am I up uh, so late? Yeah, you're it's, barely it's, up it's, later. Than us. I like I like that. It's still sunny. 350 episodes in the slightly later East Coast time mm-hmm. becomes a huge issue. Well, you know, now it's me against the world, as it is typically with the East Coast versus the rest of the U.S. We are superior here, mm. and uh, now yeah. I can lord this over both of you. Uh, it is that coastal elite. Um, that is happening. I will say, guys, on my 24-hour drive north from Orlando to here over the course of five days, uh, mm-hmm. hung out with friend of the pod, foam party co-promoter Brandon Gavick in Atlanta, Georgia. He talked all about how his crit that he's putting on at Grant Park in Atlanta is going to have the largest women's crit purse in the country, apparently. Fantastic. So pretty cool. stoked on that. So I'm sure Criterium Nation will do, be, do something about Grant Park. I then ended up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I will say, every single time I drove the Subaru out back up with the moots on the the hitch rack out back, uh-huh. whenever I saw another car with a, a bike on the back, mm-hmm. I made sure to pass it and then slow down in front of it <laughs> so that they could see the moots, uh-huh. so that they could, they could take it all in mm-hmm. and they could be like, wow, that guy seems really cool. And then I would Keep passing them. Keep on. You keep know, on going. Yeah. the ultimate move. Yeah, yeah. Little guy, do you think Tim should have maybe sprung for the Audi instead of the Subaru? Because it, <laughs> that, that story really makes me feel like he needs an Audi. That, yeah, it is an that is an Audi driver kind of thing to do with the moots. Yeah, the yeah. the Subaru yeah. I would assume just sort of throw granola in the air or something. But I guess maybe maybe think times have changed. You know, Subaru drivers are do different you, these days. Do you think that maybe the moots is just too nice for the? The Subaru is that what you're getting at? Like, whereas the Audi matches it, or like, what 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 are you trying it's, to tell me? Spencer? It's not that the Moots is too nice for the Subaru. Subaru is a beautiful yeah, no. car. It's that uh, the, I mean, there's nothing nice about Audis. As a friend of the show, Big Matt, who's currently listening, freaking out that we're sl- even insinuating that we're praising Audis in any way, um, will tell you they're they're just giant catastrophes waiting to happen. But they're all about the bling, man. Yeah, well, I don't know if there's a car out there that's not a giant catastrophe waiting to happen. 100% and true. That's also the same about all of Tim's bikes mechanically. So even if you were jealous, if you happen to be on I-70 or, or I-94 or any one of these uh, and you happen to see a Subaru with a Moots on the back and, and it just uh, you know panged you like, oh, man, my bike isn't that nice, just, just know this. It probably misshifts. Yeah, it's got can't be 11 speed on there because you can't get uh, any can't be 12 speed 
because of international shortage. <laughs> Spencer, what do you think the uh, chances are, percentage-wise, that on the few rides I do with Tim this week, I will have to fix something for him? Um, well, you're the campy guy, so... <laughs> what do you think, Tim? I, uh... You got <laughs> Zero. Oh, you got... Okay. okay. I, I think the real question is, uh, out of the amount of rides that you and I are going to do this week, which I assume to be at least three or four, okay. how many times will I have to wait for you? Three or four. Three yeah, or four. Three or four. Yeah. <laughs> I did, um, I did, uh, I did my longest ride of the year as him. I did 75 miles or so on on uh, Sunday. And I don't know if that was a good idea or a bad idea considering that we're going to ride a bunch this week and do a century with uh, some friends of the pod. Josh well, Bauer, who I'm really afraid he's going to rip my legs off. But Is, is Josh Bauer fast? Josh that's, Bauer is that's fast. That's one of the questions. Fast, yes. I got a text message from him and Jesse Reeds to see. But anyways, I'm in the weeds here, but we did get an, an ask slow ride, hashtag ask slow ride at the slow uh-huh. ride podcast at gmail.com from friend of the pod, Leo. Uh, I'm sorry, anonymous cyclist. I'm in need of your advice. I mean for a friend. My friend needs your advice on how to gracefully be dropped from a small group ride because he has been invited on a longish, fast ride with some real heavy hitters. My friend is a retired elite Cat 3 local racer and is clearly outgunned in this group and possibly delusional in his plan to keep up with these guys for 100 miles. Since he won't listen to reason, what is the best way for him to get dropped? Does he A, announce... That's it, guys. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. Mm-hmm. B, try to quietly fade off the back and hope no one notices, which is unlikely in a very small group. Three, claim knee pain and slink home. D, say that the prepping for the Olympics is his focus now and that his ride isn't in his training plan anymore. That's a good one. Or F, any other plan. Your guidance is appreciated by my friend. Thanks, anonymous cyclist. Well, this is a this is a classic, and I don't know if there's any podcast better suited to answer this question than the Slow Ride Podcast. Um, I know classically, historically, on our rides, that is where the phrase "Sarah needs the car" mm. came from. Yes, um, when Tim would need to graciously leave the ride early, um, you blame your wife, and you say, "Oh yeah, I gotta I gotta <laughs> I get home." <laughs> Yeah, she she really loved it when I told her that story, yeah. or when one of you guys uh, sprung that one on her. Huh. Sir, you didn't yeah. need the car. She's like, no, why would I need the car? And then you're like, well, Tim said you needed the car. That's why he left the ride early. Um, none of it made any sense, but it was the perfect excuse because we weren't going to think too hard about it. But uh, it got you out. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, my strategy personally would be to study the route ahead of time and look mm-hmm. for the shortcuts. Look for where you can drift off the back, cut out maybe a 10, 20-mile section, and connect back up with the group before they know that you're gone. Solid plan. That's Solid. classic Spencer. Classic Spencer. Mm-hmm. It absolutely yeah. is, yeah. Uh, I'd, Leo, I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, I don't want you to worry too much, at you or your friend, on this ride, because, uh, like I said, I have not been on any uh, fast group rides. I've just done some, a little, a small amount of riding by myself. So just maybe um, tell your friend to just maybe tap me on the shoulder and say, now's the time. And we just sort of gracefully fall off the back <laughs> together. Because uh, we don't live too far from each other. It's, it's perfect. It's synergy in terms of getting home. That is, that is a good plan. Find little guy's wheel. And just stay on it and say, I, I wasn't even paying attention. I was just riding on little guy's wheel and he yeah, got dropped. 
So therefore, I got dropped, but it wasn't my fault. That's a really good that's move. A, that's that's classic back yeah. of the road race stuff. Like I totally would have been there, but this this total dummy left a gap, and uh, I just yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good. That's good, Spencer. That's real good. I know a lot of a lot of new listeners from Canada, all over the world, mm-hmm. listen to this podcast, and they want us to go in depth on the rest day when we're recording about the Tour de France. And I will admit. I delayed recording this week on the rest day so we could be recording live when unsupported rider superstar Lachlan Morton mm-hmm. is riding all by himself with no one around him, no camera crew, no film crew. <laughs> on the streets of Paris, he's going to finish around 5, 6 a.m. when the beautiful light and some would say the golden hour of mm-hmm. cinematography, how appropriately <laughs> filmed. Kind of reminds me a little bit when little-known Hollywood actors Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong <laughs> starred on the, the silver screen in Hollywood, claiming uh-huh. that they were on the moon. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. One of Kubrick's best, best films Kubrick yeah. ever did. Here we have Lachlan Martin finishing on the streets of Paris, an epic mm-hmm. performance. A modern day Richard Branson. A mo- oh, oh uh, that's, that's such a yes, and okay, I don't even know where to start. First off, <laughs> a plus high five to Lachlan Martin. Oh yeah, it's yeah, awesome. for doing this. It's been so cool. We're it's poking wild. some fun. I don't. Some would say he probably has a motor in his bike to be able to do fifty five hundred kilometers. I'm not one to say that because clearly he's putting out the wattage in his Birkenstocks and his um. I will say my favorite thing is on his Instagram stories is that the cuisine that he's making and that beautiful, beautiful pot of his, mm-hmm. the pot is the real star of his Instagram stories. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> um, the bivy sack that he's sleeping in legendary ride. Um, it was confirmed today by Jonathan Vaughters that there is a, um, a documentary film crew. So I'm sure you'll be able to watch this movie at the next bicycle film festival when it rolls through, I don't know what, Portland, Eugene, Minneapolis, I'm sure Northampton uh, will have it, whatever whatever else cities would have the uh, Bicycle Film Fest. I don't know it's going to be great. I don't know if you're playing that as an insult or a compliment. I'm not really sure because you didn't list your own city in there, so I'm not really sure how we're going with that. But uh-huh. I'm looking uh-huh. forward to watching it. I'm, yeah. I'm extremely interested in this Birkenstock biking technology that he's been yeah. uh, trialing on the ground. It's... Um, you know, I mean, it's they often uh, tour teams get some super prototype stuff. You know, really test it out, uh, uh-huh. push the limits of what's available then for us as consumers in a year. And I'm more excited about this Birkenstock with the carbon insole trickle down. Of course, thing, yeah. by far. I have so many I, questions about this whole well, thing. I am waiting for the movie. Like, I have yeah. a lot of questions as well, yeah. but I, I definitely am waiting for the movie because I. I'm an, I'm imagining this is going to play out a lot like Grizzly Man, and I am uh, I am <laughs> I just don't want any spoilers, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so the 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 outback there, the wilds of France. Um, I am uh, I am excited to see all the twists and turns this tale has taken. I I want to know why. Like, why is he in the Birkenstocks? Did I miss that in one of the press releases that you his on site press yeah, release? Yeah, his like, did his pedals him. break? No, his knee was bugging him early uh, on. Okay. So he switched to the so he could you know have more range of motion, more fl- more float 
Um, Wait, you have much more float with a flat pedal and sandals than any clipless pedal <laughs> on the market. Don't let any That's... any of the big brands uh, lie to you. You're going to get way more float out of a flat pedal than a sandal. It's, I mean, bravo to what he's doing. Here's the bigger question. Will Education First get more publicity from what Lachlan Morton is doing or from the anonymous mm. podium that Rigoberto Uran currently resides? Rigo did attack. He did try and attack on stage 15. <laughs> and that is rare. I mean, I think, I don't want people to get us wrong. I think we all love Rigo and, and, and especially his off-the-bike persona. He's not the most exciting rider on the bike. Off-the-bike... He's pure style, but he is Mr. Consistency. I love that he's going to get a podium. I feel like every couple years we kind of write him off and we think he's never going to quite get to this level again. He'll have like a really good tour and then he'll have a couple leanish years where he's anonymous, but he's like seventh. And then suddenly you get one of these podium years again. Spencer, did you pick up on what little guy just said? Yeah, I kind of slipped that in there. I, yeah. I was, uh, my radar peaked up a little bit. About how he just uh, went with the, like, guarantee that Iran was going to be on the podium come Paris. I'm very confident that Iran's going to be on the podium in Paris. I hope I'm not jinxing him. I mean, very confident. But I'm very. He's got, he's got Ben O'Connor within um, 40 seconds of him. He's got Carapaz within 20 seconds. Yeah. Uh, Vingard is right there as well. Vingard's riding great, but I think it's a little too much for his first first real shot at riding GC. I think Vingard's going to Vingard, though, he's riding well enough that he doesn't even t- need teammates to be up there, which it's is true. the I most mean, impressive. He has seemed like the strongest of the GC. You have to almost use air quotes, GC contenders, because Pogachar is, what, four mm-hmm. minutes or five minutes ahead of the nearest rider. But yeah, Vingard yeah. has seemed the strongest, but I just sort of doubt... I think he'll have a bad day at some point here in this last week, and that's when steady, steady Rigo and Carapaz will kind of come through. But maybe Vingard will go big and and blow this thing up. Who knows what the the jumbo tactics are? I'm not even sure if they know what their tactics are right now. Oh, they certainly do they're, not. They're, they're taking a book out of the Movie Star, the Movie Star playbook. But, no, but here's I the question, it's a little guy. Book because their book seems to have results. <laughs> and they are Wout is doing well yeah. in the polka dots. And they've won two stages. Uh, Mo- the Movie Star book would have just had the the team comp and like third, fourth, and fifth on GC, mm. or actually would have been fourth, fifth, and sixth on GC because they would have been off the podium. Well, they're they're not doing so hot in the team comp right now, but uh, no. you know, old man Valverde sure looked like he still had it. I mean, he did not beat American superstar Sep Cuss yeah. on a great stage win for Sep Cuss. Absolutely thrilled. But I ain't gonna lie. I really wanted the collective meltdown of cycling Twitter with if Valverde would have beaten Cuss. Um, you know, props to Cuss for winning. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, but I really wanted Valverde to win that. Yeah, yeah, you you do love the chaotic, uh, bringing the chaotic yeah. energy yeah. to uh, to <laughs> things. So I I am not surprised to hear that. I for one was uh, very pleased to see Sep uh, get a win for America. Um, we've been needing one since the, the dark times and, um, it was, uh, it was good to see. Um, I have two, uh, I have a question for each of you regarding the tour that I want to kind of, um, do a little, a little pop quiz on you here and just get your gut reactions, a little gut check. All right. Um, I'll go with Tim first. 
currently uh, on GC, 16th place is Wout Van Aert. Yeah. 15th place is Louis Mentes. Um, Which which do you prefer to hold on to that uh, Uh, or take that 16th place? Louis Mentes, for sure. Um, And there's actually a pretty solid chance that he could go down to 16th um, here in the coming coming week if it involves losing yeah, time is. i believe he's he's tim you've, you've got <laughs> he's it. your man yeah, he's your yeah. man right now he's your man uh, all right that's that's kind of what i was thinking all right and little guy um explain to me uh give me martin oh, uh let me know what's going on there like he seems a man cut from the little guy cloth oh man great ride the other day obviously i uh, got in the break gained a ton of time jumped from ninth to second on gc and then mm-hmm. uh, immediately messed it up the next day and got dropped on a descent. Uh, yeah, a little. Who'd that remind you of? You know, I've, I'm just saying, kind of cut from the same cloth, those two. <laughs> what did me? When did I get dropped on a descent? Um, well, I mean, <laughs> who was the last French Grand Tour hopeful to get dropped on a descent? Was it Thibaut Pino? <laughs> yeah. Certainly. I suppose. Unless... Do they not know how to go down a hill in France? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's French downhill is like the best country for downhill mountain biking. Yeah, you know, absolutely. If Al- had 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 his game together this year and was really riding GC like I hoped, he he knows how to go downhill. I don't know what happened. That was a little heartbreaking. I am not surprised at all that it happened. It was. I'm sure it. I don't. I don't know. I, what, I just don't um... know how he could mess up that badly. He he was. All the but he can, all get it back. The he can get it back. No, he can't. Well, here's here's my bonus question then, little guy, quickly. Um, which which had you out of your seat shouting at your computer screen more? The breakaway and the gaining seven spots or the getting dropped and losing seven spots? <laughs> it was the it was the losing. It was the losing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah, it's true. That had me freaking out more because I just couldn't believe that after such a big day, he would get over all the mountain passes mm-hmm. and then mess it up at the, not the easiest time. It's not like going down a mountain like that is easy, but it felt, it, all right. I don't know. That was a disappointment. I mean, I thought for sh- I thought there was a pretty good chance there when he had second overall. He had enough time. He could have, mm-hmm. if he could have held on the climbs and just finished close enough, he could have finished fourth on GC. And now I think that's, you know, that's out the window. He's not overtaking those guys. It would have been extremely French of him to do Yeah, that. no, that's the spot, man. That's the spot. So, Spencer, I um, you asked, I, I got a question for you, a little pop quiz. Uh, after okay. Sepp Cuss's win, America mm-hmm. on the top step. Yeah, baby. Who's the last American to win a Tour de France stage? And you're. Tour de France stage? Yeah, and you're. Oh, man. I know this. Do you oh, know? Oh, man. I wanted to, uh, well. He's saving lives, he's no, still saving lives. I have lives. no idea. That's a hint for you. Oh, the Ferrar. It had to be Taylor, uh, Tyler <laughs> Ferrar. Yeah. I, I wanted to, uh, my brain kept going to Chris Horner, and I knew that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were like, Dan Martin. No, no, not Dan Martin. Yeah. Let me see. <laughs> um, I mean, <sighs> yeah. Michael Woods almost had it. Taylor for, Taylor for, or, sorry, Tyler Ferrar. Um, was the uh, the last one to win? Um, what was it? 2014, little guy. Oh, sorry, 2000. I think maybe 11. I think it was a decade. It, it was a while. Decade? It's yeah, been a yeah, while, and was. I'm surprised. Ten years. I, I was really surprised by that fact when popping up. I just didn't think it'd been that long. But again, um, anyone who speaks English as a first language, they're basically American. 
in the press or they're British do you depending think, upon how, where the press is coming from. So it works. Do you think the guys at the firehouse, you know, he's out there busy saving lives. You think that they're, you know, they make like, he doesn't have to do the meal duty that night. You know, they're like, I, I'm sorry. You're no longer the last American to win through the France stage. Do you think that you think they watch it in the firehouse? I don't like, know. Do you, like, like, how do they appreciate this guy? I wonder if he tells he says things like that, like they're on a they're they're you know they're in a house, they're breaking down a door to get in the fire, and he's like, you know, I won a stage of the tour ten ten years ago. It's the last one, and they're like, sure, Tyler, whatever. I mean, sure. And everyone's like, that guy says he was a pro cyclist, but I don't know. I don't believe it. <laughs> My uncle says he was a pro cyclist too. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, he did a... yeah, 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 yeah. I well, was super anyway. fast in college so, too. So another um, point of uh, conversation that I think we do need to get to that is actually um, pretty, I, I, I think it's pretty exciting. Um, I'm, I'm pretty into this is that um, don't, don't blink, but uh, Michael Matthews is starting to make a, you know, he's only 72 points down on, um, mm. on the, the legendary uh, Mark Cavendish mm-hmm. for the green jersey. But there is a chance that, Bling Matthews, friend of the pod, gains some points on the uh, the green jersey, and then maybe beats Cavendish on the Champs Elysees for the green jersey, ruining everything. And I have not talked to Michael Matthews. Oh, really? Hoping to. I don't know if uh, I don't know if like Eddie Merckx is giving him some hot tips Probably. on how to on how to maintain the record, so at least they're just tied. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. The green jersey could be coming down to the final uh, wire. And then the polka dot jersey has been looking like the best race of the week. Mm-hmm. This has been a pretty amazing yeah. year for the, yeah, for usually what are very secondary competitions. That polka dot has been hot. Uh, Nairo, Wout, or uh, Poles, uh, Wout, and Woods. But did you guys. Uh, have uh, Wout Van Aert <laughs> on your bingo card going for the polka dot jersey because that was not on yeah. the bingo card. I thought I thought maybe maybe the green, maybe the green, but certainly not the pink or the uh, the polka so dot. How yeah. weird would it be if he rolls into Paris in polka dots and then wins the sprint in Paris? Would that like when would I, that's one of those like weird facts. Like, has that ever happened? Did that happen in like 1952 yeah. or something? When or like did that only happen when Eddie Merckx won all the jerseys? That's crazy. that's one of those things that when you're trying to uh, you've got a, a, a first year friend, a friend who's just trying to get into cycling, and they're like, oh yeah, and you're explaining the jerseys and stuff, and then they're like, what? Well, I thought you said the polka dot was for climbers and you're like yeah yeah it is <laughs> well how come that guy just yeah. won and you're like well yeah what i forget about this this year just forget about this year but yeah it doesn't make sense it's supposed to go totally different this is true if you were showing the tour to somebody for the first time this year you'd, you'd show them that wout stage where he got second to cavendish and then the next day he wins the mountain mm-hmm. stage and you're like ah so there's mm-hmm. climbers and there's sprinters but it doesn't it's not really true with this guy because he kind of can win anything unless yeah. this guy named Matthew Vanderpool is there, in which case he can't win. Uh, oh, it's really hard and to then, explain. And then, and then they'd ask, oh, well, you know, who who has like won it before? Like, who's a big name here? And you'd be like, well, Chris Froome's won it a bunch of times. Um, <laughs> that guy in 176? Best, <laughs> yeah. 
He was like two hours down, but um, yeah, no, he was he has absolutely uh, destroyed everyone. That's what's so uh, for so years. great about cycling is if you blink and don't pay attention for five minutes, uh, the whole sport's different. Nothing makes any sense. Yeah, uh, if you watched the tour last year and you showed up this year, you 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 recognize Pogacar, and then the rest of the GC guys, you'd be like, "What? Who? Who are these people?" <laughs> so while the the polka dot and the green jersey competitions are going well, guys. I do have a general question for you. Have you been paying attention to the Slow Ride podcast jersey for the top 35-plus rider? Um, uh, I have not. As close as I should have been, considering yeah, it is, so is uh, attached to our podcast. Tell me more. Is Uran over 35? Mm, he's 34, I think. Despite the fact that I, I feel like he's been pro for a hundred okay. years, maybe and it's got to be maybe Kelderman. He's the real vampire. <laughs> Kelderman's like twenty nine, I think. Jesus, Kelderman's pretty young okay. too. Some of these guys turned pro super early. I mean, Iran turned pro when he was like a teenager. So, I'm looking at this. I do. I mean, guys, I I think the old man still got it. I th- I think Valverde in twenty second place. Is the top place thirty five plus rider? I mean, how could he not be? I mean, because Molima is not plus guys are well, because Molima. I mean, as much as we say that he's old, he's like Molima's yeah. thirty four. Yeah. He's thirty four plus two thirteen, two hundred thirteen days. So at the start of the tour, he wasn't thirty five. Okay. So Valverde at forty one years old, I do believe is the uh, is you know winning that, which is pretty impressive. In twenty second place, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I mean, everything so, yeah, Valverde does is impressive. I think we. <laughs> it's it's a far more entertaining jersey than uh, you know what we've that, got for the white jersey. The whole thirty five plus zone, though, it's going to be Buck Wild next year. Um, you've got down right around Valverde. You've got Malima, who you just said is thirty four. You got Valverde. You've got uh, Castrovejo. Uh, who is 34, mm-hmm. and you've got Michael Woods, who's 34. Pierre Roland. Bali, uh, if he comes back next year to the tour, probably. Oh, man. I, I thought... Uran will be 35. Kelderman was geriatric. Like, I thought this guy oh, was young. way past his prime. I just... He's 30. <laughs> what? So, so let me try, let me try this one. While, guys, yeah, don't look. Young. Guys, don't, don't look anymore. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, yeah. How old is okay. Nairo Quintana? Man, Nairo, I think, is 32. Would shock you yeah. if you learned that Nairo Quintana is only 31 years old. Wow. Wow. Again, another writer that feels like wow. I can't remember a time when he wasn't around. Yeah. I know. It looks like, based on my preliminary randomly clicking things, Fugaslang is the closest to Valverde, who is over 35. And he Valverde has a good 28 minutes on him. <laughs> yeah. Right Talk about a guy who is, is it, off the pace this year, man. Who is solid, solid masters yeah. racer um, in Valverde. So, but overall, um, here's a question. All these guys were thinking, uh-huh. oh my God, they're so old. And then they're not that old. But Nairo, I, obviously, he's in, the, he's in the competition with the polka dots, but. I think we would all agree that Nairo is not the Nairo of a few years ago that was c- competing for GC. And if and Kelderman, these other guys that were like hotter commodities when they're younger, 
what's to mm-hmm. say? What do you guys think? Uh, Pogachar, uh, Jonas, right now, both of them riding great, but maybe they go the way of uh, like Cunego, and they're they're awesome until they're like twenty six, mm-hmm. and then wow. they just sort of are like uh, average after that. What what happened to Cunego? Well, what changed? <laughs> well, he did change he his, his coach. Uh, he, he did change his, his coach. <laughs> He went from a. Co- I might have had something. Uh, to do with it. I feel like a lot of promising young riders. Um, you know, he got his driver's license. Um, yeah. He just found other yeah, interests yeah. and uh, just wasn't uh, cycling wasn't number one anymore. Well, so, you know, that's one of those. Things. It's just uh, it's weird. It's you know, it's like guys like Pogacar show up. I think we think just like I feel like when Ulrich showed up in the late '90s, people were like, he's gonna win the next decade, everything. And there's these, there's just always these guys who are, there's people who are good when they're younger. There's people who are good. Uh, everyone has like sort of a, a prime, a prime age. I think I'm going to be when I'm 45 is when I'll probably be ready to contend for the tour. It's pronounced preem. <laughs> hey, speaking of preems. <laughs> Let's check That's in. That's a good segue. <laughs> Let's check in with our Slowly Podcast correspondent in the thick of the Greenberg. Green Jersey Battle, Michael Matthews. My name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Prime Lap once again. Major shout-outs to all of our members and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out about all of the shows. I'm going to shoot straight with you here for a second. Glodio, constantly putting out great gravel content. Check out the recap of Amanda Nauman's amazing 350-mile journey at Unbound XL, where she got second place in the women's category. Fantastic stuff. If, If you can't wait for Lachlan's video to come out, maybe check out that podcast and learn uh, learn what he's yeah. going through. Exactly. Very solid point. We also have Cyclocross Radio with major friend of the pod, Bill Scheichen, where he's routinely joined by the likes of Michael Bidenheimer from New Orleans and Zach Schuster here in the Twin Cities, recapping UCI Mountain Bike World Cups, Mountain Bike, all of cross country, which is important because... It's the one month every four years that everyone should care about cross-country mountain biking yes. because it's Olympic showdown. Mm-hmm. Bill is pushing out the content on the podcast. Make sure you yeah. check it out. Secondarily, Bill has an amazing newsletter you should check out. It's the, psych- it's the uh, Crosshairs News Bulletin. I think I nailed it. Just check it out, CX Hairs <laughs> News Bulletin. But yeah. they're also getting a bunch of content from our other network show, Criterium Nation, where they're covering all of the great USA Crits cycling action, like what just happened mm-hmm. out in Boise, Idaho, for the legendary Boise Twilight Crit, where once again, mm-hmm. Legion threw down like nobody's business, winning both the men's and women's race in the Potato State. Also, you may have noticed on the Wide Angle Podium uh, YouTube page, Michael Bodenheimer from 
the media pit there on Cyclocross Radio is also putting out a ton of awesome videos about the crit scene. It's almost as if you, you, you might be noticing all these things are sort of intertwined and weaving together all this independent cycling media that you know and love or could know and love if you haven't already experienced it. Um, and that's what we're trying to put together here at Wide Angle Podium. And if you like our show and any of these other shows and you want to support independent cycling media, uh, the place to do it is at wideanglepodium.com. Click on the donate button and uh, sign up to become a member. And I, you're absolutely right. That's what you need to do because you need to support it. Major shout out to Bodenheimer's films over there at the YouTube um, Wide Angle Podium channel. Shots fired. There's a lot of, if you thought Crip Beef was dead, <laughs> if you thought Crip Beef yeah. was over, if you were just a general announcer of um, Criteriums and uh, you, you thought it was all over and you just, you know, you press that block button a bunch of times, um, you wouldn't know by watching Bodenheimer's videos that uh, it's not over. Um, there's a lot there and there are some teams that are not popular amongst the folks, uh, the, <laughs> apparently elevate, yeah. um, not to give it all away, but you should check it out and elevate your own cycling knowledge by, uh, checking out the family and bevy of shows at the wide angle podium network brings to you wideanglepodium.com. Become a member or supporter if you wish. And with that, let's get back to the show. What up? This is Tomas Koyinch, and you're listening to this low ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are. Obviously, a ton more tour talk, but I think we need to get into some listener emails. The first one comes to us from uh, Bradley Thordidson, bestest friend of the pod. And uh, Bradley uh, hits us up. Hey, for little guy, gents, I caught this screen grab on the tour this week. Wondering if the little guy saw this tidbit of inspiration, a combo cargo passenger side-by-side rail bike. Keeping the dream alive here, by the way, not to put a fire under your guys or anything, but you guys are way behind on roller derby. I'm skinny studio. (laughs) Do you think... Pokecar is going to take 17, 18, and 20? No. No, Probably. I don't. He is crushing us on roller derby. Yes, um, yes. We are not doing so good. But little guy, the question is, did you see the rail bike at the tour? I, I did not see it uh, on the, the live broadcast. I saw the, the photo he sent over. Thanks for sending it. Uh, looked good. Yes, I need to get my rail bike up and going. Unfortunately, it's kind of got on... Uh, the back burner of my many silly projects. Um, Graham Pratt emailed us, and this was actually pretty interesting because you guys saw the Twitter hubbub that started when uh, um, when Michael Woods uh, crushed it the other day. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And Graham Pratt hits us up and says, if you listen to this, Phil Liggett even mentions the American favorite, Dan Martin, and he sent us great <laughs> audio <laughs> recording of... Um, and we'll see if we can get this put in post. But uh, basically, it's Phil Liggett saying, you know, there's Dan Mark Martin and also American Sepp Cuss. So the way it was presented, it's like Dan Martin is an American, which isn't funny because it's true. And Evely, by the way, winning Andorra last time he came into here, 
Ben Arp, Paulus, uh, of America, of course, Dan Martin, Seth Coos, another American, and Valerie. Still up with- yeah, it's true. It's true, it's yeah. true. I mean, it's finally, Phil got yeah. something right. It's rare, but he, he, he occasionally knows what he's talking about. Oh, and then we got a nice email from Colby Large. And he says, belt nomination time. Uh-oh. Good day, Slow Riders. Canadian Colby here. Myself and fellow Canadian listeners were chatting about the great Wout. And we feel that someone who can almost win a sprint stage, then the next day win a double Ventu stage, should be given the Slow Ride Championship belt. No more needs to be said. He is the champ. P.S. Stop claiming Michael Woods is your own. He's American, although we consider a trade if you have some pro bottles to send us. Yeah. Colby. I mean, so we can work that out. The current Slow Ride Podcast championship belt holder for the last seven weeks is one Tom Pidcock. Mm-hmm. Remember when he took it, ripped it out of Taco Van Der Horn's hands on the same episode? Um so Pitcock uh, currently has race. it. I will now Wout has never won it. Damn, really? That's that amazing. amazing. He has never won it. So there's two things that jump to the forefront of my mind. A Pitcock, I'm not even sure why he has that belt. Uh and two because <laughs> he absolutely I crushed kind of, multiple disciplines. I, I don't I don't even remember that. Um I expected Wout to be up there in the sprints. I certainly did not expect him to win on Ventu. Yeah. Um, So that was a mind-blowing, belt-worthy performance in my mind. I I will support this nomination. I'm with you, Spencer. I think, uh, yeah, everything you said is true. I think he does deserve it, especially considering I don't know how uh, we will not give it to Pogachar at the end of... (laughs) <laughs> the tour, if he basically leads for most of the tour and easily wins by five minutes, I think that will be deserving. So at least Wout should get it for a little while. And I, I think mean, also I think it will inspire him maybe to lift his game in this polka dot competition and take it to these climbers, Nairo, yeah. Woods, and Poles, you know, really stick it to him. Because if he wins the polka dot, I, if, I, will, yeah. I will lay down a very good case for why he should keep the belt. Uh, so keep it. I would say Absolutely. I, I think we have a universal agreement here that Wout Van Aert is the new reigning defending He's immediately defending. undisputed okay. champion okay. of the Slow Ride podcast belt at episode 352 congratulations to Wout Van Aert I think it was an honest nomination for Colby it wasn't here for the the jokes it was here for like the best performance now um sh- Go ahead. Oh, can I say, I think we should, uh, I'd like to nominate the entire SD Works team uh, for the belt uh, on the women's side because the Giordana, the performance they were putting on over there, um, it was almost shocking that they didn't win every stage because they were completely crushing every other team. And uh, it was Mappe-esque. It. They they won by twenty five minutes in the team category alone. <laughs> um, they they got all three top spots yeah. between Vanderbregen, Ashley Molman, and Demi Vollering. It was an yeah. epic performance. Um, SD Works absolutely crushed it. The only the only fly in the ointment here, little guy. Yes, is that American superstar 
peaking at the right moment before the Tokyo Olympics, mm-hmm. Corinne Rivera mm-hmm. takes the final stage win. It was great. I agree. At the Joe de Rosa. Yes. Um, that being said, is that a big enough fly in the ointment no. to the SD Works? The whole squad now, will right share now the, the current belt. The yeah, current who currently has the current it? belt is with Haley Batten, who won it in episode three forty four, um, okay. who has been doing quite well. Um, mm-hmm. Now she didn't. She hasn't won the World Cups, but she has been performing extremely well. I remember we are an American podcast. We kind of weigh the table a little bit to uh, yeah. you know our the. The, you know, yeah. kind of. You can't. So what you're what you're saying, Tim, is that you were rooting for Italy in Euro 2020. Oh, 100 percent, yes. I don't care how many listeners I lose right now, but the way that the the way that a lot of folks, a lot of so-called fans of English football, reacted to their players yes. missing those penalty oh, yeah, kicks, okay. reinstated to me yes. that I'm more than okay with England losing yes. multiple trophy games. I want Scot- no. when Scotland beat them in the Euro uh, Cup, and I, I yes, I know it was a tie game, but you let Scotland tie you. That's a victory for the <laughs> Scottish football team, and I was stoked about that. Yeah. And I, mm. you know what, I, yeah, whatever. All right. All right. That being said, I am I am in agreement that SD Works wins now. What I don't want to do is I don't want to just like give away the women's belt when we give away the men's belt. And I, I you know, we haven't right. done that in the past. For example, we did give the um, belt in episode 337 to Borghini, and we had not issued the men's belt for quite some time because Michael Gogol had it at that time. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, you know, we've kind of gone well, back and forth. So if we were going to issue it, I understand going to SD Works. It is the biggest stage race for women's racing yeah, I think they, right now. Here's here's here here's my thing though. With the belt is I and I'm I might differ from you guys on this. Maybe I weigh this heavily more heavily than you do. Um maybe you don't weigh it at all. But I I weigh very heavily the unpredictable nature of the result. Like the surprise of the result. And for me, SD Works cleaning up a stage race is not it's not a big surprise. Sure. You know they're yeah, going to do true. it. That's true. Um, it was dominating. It was right. impressive. It was whatever. Um, but you know, I um, I don't know that I would. Uh, I would have to hear something else about it. Well, that, it's that it's, stirred the emotion that they deserve. It's interesting, Spencer, that you're. You're holding the belt, the Slow Ride Podcast belt, to such high esteem that we have some standards set that may not just be podium, but it could be, you know, maybe uh, something from left field. Um, you know, let's not forget that in episode 330, Matthew Vanderpool won it, only to be um, beaten about 10 minutes later when the AG2R team <laughs> took it away from Matthew yeah. Vanderpool. So, so clearly, For the precedent has been an set. Unexpected result. The precedent yeah. has been set where a team can win it and then also, you know, just going off of results don't always happen. That being said, I was not able to watch a ton of the Giro de Rosa. They For a variety of reasons. Easy. One they is, it it's not very easy to watch. <laughs> Two, no. a lot of my time is tied up besides the kids and driving across the country. I'm a limited cycling watching time. Mm-hmm. And most of that's a lot of excuses, right? It's, it's a ton of excuses. Um, you know, 
I, I just didn't watch it. So I can't say, but I will say looking at so the results here, and reading the articles written about it, a complete now, dominating performance. It was, it was. But, um, you know, Corinne Rivera's win was, I'm, it's not belt worthy, but it was more impressive. It was a, it was out of left field for sure. Um, she is dominating years ago. Uh, hasn't, hasn't won in, in over two years, really? I think, uh, wow. at that level. So Surprise. yeah, it had long. been since like 2018. Hmm. Um, so with the hubbub around Mark Cavendish, um, dominating tour sprints and tying Andy Merckx's, ah. uh, record, do you think I saw the stat that, uh, it was something like, uh, 14 or 17% of the stage stages that Mark Cavendish has started. He's won. Um, and some comparable thing to Eddie Merckx had won like 25% or 23%, whatever. Mariana Voss with the, uh, women's tour, uh, the Girodon, uh, Giro Rosa, whatever name it's going by at the, at the time has won like some ridiculous, like f- close to 50% of the stages. Yeah. Like it's outrageous, like 40% yes. or something. I mean, the Marianne Voss, we're talking about the Marianne Voss slow ride podcast championship belt. She was the inaugural holder right. of the right. SRP championship and belt. She is now at 30 grand tour stage win victories. I Sure. But yeah, I would still, I, I think that the, it's, it's a very impressive the mm-hmm. the entire team performance of SD works though across the board is so good. Yeah. And I, I understand, I respect Voss. But Man, yeah. Spencer, you really threw a wrench in my argument because now I kinda almost side with you. I, I feel like maybe the belt should um <laughs> I don't know, there has to be some sort of system for the belt. Like if we don't nominate a new belt on the women's side every five days, it just goes to Voss or something. Because I feel and like Spencer, at Mary almost, Voss, right, at almost right. any moment, if you if if you didn't pay attention to women's cycling, you could just give it to Voss, and then if you went then and looked at results or like stuff, you could you could justify yeah. it. Like, but but I, that makes me wonder: is it justified currently? Maybe because I feel like you can almost always do it. Like, there's rarely more than a week or two goes by without you having a reason. There's being a reason. I mean, she, she won a stage. stage, and there's almost she always a, a reason to. You could yeah. be like. She's like the greatest cyclist of all time, and she just won a stage. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, true, but you know, I'll side with Eddie Merckx on this one. <laughs> okay, Marianne Voss didn't even finish the Giro uh, Rosa. She left early to prep for the Olympics. Yeah, she's gonna crush the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get? Okay, I. It doesn't um, sound like we have a unanimous I, conversation here on the man, belt. Yeah, no. so I didn't for think women, this would be so uh, so all over I'm, with the. We really brought it out. I'm actually tempted. I'm actually tempted to nominate another oh men's gosh. cyclist for the belt. <laughs> we're really gonna. We're just gonna like this belt thing is just gonna sidetrack. In so, but let's an hour. let's. I uh, no. I I'm the the Mariana Voss talk uh, has reminded me of of Mark Cavendish's post uh, post race interviews. It's gotten good. Um, which he's back. He's which back. They're, baby. they're they're very he's good. Got narrow shoulders and has, a big uh, head. He has in multiple times brought up the fact that uh, that Mariana Voss is the yes. most you know uh, winning women cyclist, and that you know everybody should be paying attention to these uh, uh, monumental uh, things that she's doing. And he also continues to refer to Eddie Merckx 
as the winningest male cyclist, which I think is a very important thing. It, it's one extra word to throw in there, um, but it's it's very impressive. I don't I don't think I'm gonna change hands of the belt twice in an episode again. But he's but, like the intercontinental uh, champion. It, you know, <laughs> he's, I mean, I want to give I want to give Mark yeah. the credit. You know, he's he's doing a lot of good work. He's, he's doing a lot of good work. His I, I think the extra word you put in there, Spencer, is very important because we talk about men's tennis champions and women's tennis champions mm-hmm. in the same breath. Um, you know, it's why why don't we do that for cycling? And, and it's something we should strive to do here on the podcast for sure. Um, I think that Cavendish's post race interview when he won, I believe, on was it Saturday when he won the sprint, and he was talking of or Friday, he was talking about the. Um, how his shoulders are narrow and that's how he was able to get through a spot against Buhani um, for the win. Mm. It was, it was a thing of beauty. And that does lead us into um, an email that we got from a friend of the pod, Chris McGrath, who writes a uh, slow ride podcast at gmail.com. Hey guys, I was scrolling through the Epic Ventu Vento Ventu results page on the tour website and on stage 11, it says that Buhani received both King of the Mountains and Green Jersey point penalties. I can't find any mention of it in the news. So what's the deal here? I don't know. Did he slap somebody on the way up the mountain? Was it some <laughs> kind of penalty for not coming in dead last on the stage? Which he did. Thanks, Chris. I didn't see that, but I did see Buhani um, did, uh, did peel off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I don't know. know either. He, uh, yeah, he he dropped out soon after, so I'm not really sure what uh, what up was 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 up with that. But uh, he uh, certainly found the exit quick, so he wouldn't uh, have to deal with the penalties. Yeah, no, but it's still it's still uh, interesting that Buhani was uh, not able to finish. I thought he was going to win on the Champs Elysees on the final stage, that would have been but it was something good. to. Um, to keep going. So, well, and then we got another uh, great uh, listener email to uh, sent to us at the story podcast at gmail.com. This one comes to us from uh, Nicholas uh, Wilmer. Hello, Trident of cycling stardom. I have enjoyed much of the latest episodes and has given me food for thought. You talked about tandem duos and even mentioned Thomas DeGent, but didn't conclude mm-hmm. to take it to the next level and get the WAP goons to work and get, in contact with the ASO and UCI. The idea is to have a breakaway tandem at the Tour de France. It will be written by two breakaway specialists, <laughs> Thomas DeGent and uh-huh. Mateik Morik. Nice. They will get a five-minute head start, and the rest can chase. Their teammates can neutralize attacks. The points and prize money will be given to both teams if the tandem crosses mountaintop sprint points or the final line. No other points will be rewarded to uh. any others. If they get overtaken, the usual system is retained for anyone before them. All behind them, I don't like get this. rewarded. In the case of teammate, anyways, I think this is pretty impressive. Of course, other combos can be made of different stages and profiles. I think this has legs. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've yep. seen this short. What do you guys think? F1 style starts. That was rubbish. This could be it. What do you think? Yeah. I yeah, I, this is fun. Yeah. We need to we need to spice this thing up. If there's one thing that I am all for in week three of a grand tour. It's spicing things up a little bit. Um, you know, we've we've seen the we've seen the dog and pony show for two weeks now. Let's throw it at tandem. <laughs> let's let's. Well, these are. Let's uh, are, you know, 
I think they need a, a wheel of like six or eight crazy ideas, and yeah. they just spin the wheel, um, you know, every couple of days and just throw in something wacky. Well, DeGent was saying that he felt like the tour this year was so hard. You know, he was putting out uh, record numbers on yeah. his power meter, and he was still not able to make the moves on some days. So this would obviously give him a leg up if he had Morik, who won mm-hmm. stage this year. Um they're in the tandem with him. That's true. If not the tour, if nothing else, yeah, I feel some of these smaller uh, Spanish stage races that we forget about and we hear the names and we can't remember what they are should really take <laughs> on some of these yeah. ideas. Um, but of course, yeah, I'm yeah. sure the UCI will be super excited about. Uh, oh, they love these, new ideas. All these yeah. interesting new ideas. I think we really got to bring back the. Um, the motor paced races like was like Perry Brest or one of those uh, 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 back in the day where they were like 300 K long mm-hmm. and, and half well, of them they, you would you know, get a motor they, to follow. I mean, that's all about, yeah, they, they, they had that going at uh, Roubaix and Flanders there in the uh, mid aughts for a while. I think. So, I mean, <laughs> I heard that. I love the idea. I think that I, I like the idea of, you know, the, the, com- the combo uh, tandems together, but based on, mm-hmm. you know, was it like uh, um, Julian Philippe like... Gilbert, right? Like you kind of the the combo rider that the um, one of our listeners had sent over. Yes, I love that kind of idea. But um, yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like you could spice this up even more and and say like you get a tandem up the road and one rider from each of the two last teams on Team GC is on the tandem and they can score points for their team to move them up or something. Um, Hey guys, I just checked Lachlan Morton doing some laps of Uh Champs-Élysées right now. He's going to finish. He's on the final circuit. So yeah, we're here. That's why we delayed um, till we could be recording this live. (laughs) Um, Yeah. For the library actions. We got a great email um, this week from Ruby Roubaix, um, who's out on the side of the course. Check out his Instagram, some great stuff. Um, Posting photos, and he mentioned our American Flyers um, July 4th episode that we do every year where we re-watch. So check it out, Sunday Stroll, some great cover art, courtesy of uh, um, our guru, our design guru, Spencer here. Um, Check it out on your podcast feed. But he pointed out that uh, even the the classic uh, sitcom from uh, um, America here, uh, Modern Family. They do a whole like takeaway of breaking away when when he finishes. And of course, same writer as American Flyers, so it was good to see uh, that set up from uh, uh, Ruby, uh, Ruby. And we'll be uh, posting that on our Twitter and Instagram account, so you can see the uh, the takeaway classic um, cameo of breaking away. Nice. Yeah, there's been a lot of. Uh... A lot of excitement around the movie American Flyers lately. Um, I think due in large part to our podcast about it. So if you if you haven't not because um, of Michael Woods uh, crushing it, no, crushing souls. No, no, no. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen it recently, you know, give it give it a watch. Maybe skip the first forty five minutes or so, um, but give it a watch, <laughs> and then listen to the pod and uh, you know just uh, reminisce with us and. Um, you know, if you didn't get enough this year, we'll be back around next. Yes, send July us emails to, uh, at the Sunday stroll at gmail.com. Um, we'll make sure to uh, to get to them, and uh, it will be a ton of fun. Um, so, guys, the tour continues. We're all stoked for it. I'm stoked for it. It's going to be fantastic to see 
where it ends up. Um, we all know that Pogacar is going to win. Let's just go a quick round table. Who's going to win the polka dot jersey? Because that seems to be the one that that is up um, first. I'll go first. I do think it's okay. going to be Wout Poles. I think that he just Whoa. looks way too strong. Um, and it's been very yeah. impressive. Secret Wout. Uh, I'm going to go with the other Wout. Uh, Wout Van Aert, I think, is going to... He's He secretly wants it. He's playing it down, but I think he's going to go for it. Well, I mean... If you, if you guys are going Wouts, I'm going to just change a couple letters there and go with Woods <laughs> uh, because I got to keep it. I got to hold it down for my boy, for my compatriot, um, for our uh, our friend of the pod. Um, See, it was VO2 Max is impressive. Yeah, I can't believe, Tim, you didn't pick Nairo. I I mean, it's real changing to the guard in terms I'm of little, your... Uh, a little disappointed. Uh, your allegiances. Yeah. I, I wanted to win it. You know, wow. I, I'm here to win. It's real cutthroat, um, man. It's cutthroat. Well, guys, this has been as fun as always. Um, we'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out more. Please email us at slowridepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the pod. And always rate or review wherever you listen to your podcast because it helps others find us. We're on Instagram and Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. And with that, this is Tim in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, but we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.